0: Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, Pastor Jana continues our Kingdom Culture series as she shares on God's Word Transforms. Welcome to Burning Hearts Church. We are so excited to worship with you this Sunday. Last Sunday was a great start to our at-home worship. And this Sunday, we're gonna just continue with our series on Kingdom Culture. And this week, we're gonna talk about the Word of God and how it transforms our lives. And so in light of that, I just want us to open up in prayer and just invite Holy Spirit into our homes and into this place right now. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time of worship together. We invite you into our homes and into our lives right now. God, we ask that as we open up the Word and study today that you will speak to each one of us individually, that the Word of God, it carries such power and life, God, that each one of us will leave this time being encouraged, filled with hope, knowing the truth of what you have for each one of us. So God, we just commit this time to you, and we thank you. Amen. All right. So today we're going to talk about how God's word transforms. And we've been in this series for quite a few weeks, and it's our Kingdom Culture Series, which is really our core values. And uh, I want to just share the definition of culture again. The set shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterize an institution or an organization. So our goal is to have the characters and the values of Jesus Christ. Literally, as we study the word today, that God's word transforms, we're looking to have the values of what Christ laid out in the scriptures for us. The author of this is who desires to have relationship with us. And so we can't not talk about having relationship with God as we study the Word today, because as we read the Word, it's all about us having relationship with the author of the book. And so last week, we had 410 people online watching the service. Well, that maybe meant more. We had five at our household watching. But in that light of what God is doing, I kept turning to my family and saying, the gospel cannot be stopped. You know, the virus has shut us into our homes. But as I was sitting there, I was so undone by the fact that the Word of God is continually going out. The gospel cannot be stopped. I was listening to different pastors this week who were sharing testimonies of their churches and how many more were attending online than were attending in their services normally. One church in particular had almost 100,000 more participants than they normally have on a Sunday morning another church was sharing how they usually see a 1,000 people saved on a Sunday morning, and they saw 20,000 that committed their life to Christ that Sunday. So in light of what God is doing, the power of the Word of God is, it's unstoppable. And I'm excited in this season that we can dive in as we're spending more time at home or slowed down. We can actually spend time in His Word and learn from it and study it. So today, we're going to look at this. We're going to look at, he desires to have relationship with us and how the Word of God transforms us. 2 Timothy says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We want to be equipped by God. And where we find that equipment is in the Word of God. John fourteen six says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have one way to know Father God and spend eternity with him. It's through Jesus Christ and the work of the cross, his death and resurrection. Where do we find that? We find that in the word of God where we learn about his death and resurrection. You know, we were created for that relationship with him. And this is the game plan to teach us of how to live and walk this out and what God desires to speak over our lives. In Psalm 23, 4, it says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Lord, your word and your spirit, they comfort me. In this time of isolation, we need to hold on to those scriptures that really comfort us, where we know the word of God is bringing his comfort, where the truth of the word versus what we're hearing on the news or those things that are bringing fear into our lives. We need to stand on what God says about us and what God says about our situations right now. So let's repeat Psalm 23, 4. I will fear no evil for you are with me, Lord. Your word and your spirit, they comfort me. Let's hold on to that. His word comforts us. You're going to find comfort in this. This past week, I've been studying the Psalms and looking into, especially Psalm 119, because I knew I was going to teach about the word of God. And so Psalm 119 is a very long Psalm if you want to go through it this week. But in that place, it's talking about how the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And David, in that season, there were so many ups and downs. His heart is always so bare and raw in the Psalms, where if he's having a great day, you know it. If he's having a tough day, you know it. And in it all, in Psalm 119, your Word directs me. It directs my steps. It shows me how to live. And it was a comfort in whatever he was facing. The word of God brought the truth and the direction that he needed in that moment. So as we look at the scriptures today, I have three points I'm going to go with. And um, the first one is God's word gives us direction. So it is Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. If you're a person right now asking for direction, what's the next step in my life? We have a lot of kids graduating from high school and college, and they're in that transition. We have a lot of people looking for jobs, and in that transition of graduation from college, looking for a job, and they're saying, what am I supposed to do with my life? And I keep bringing comfort and saying, I know God's going to speak, because He never disappoints. His plan is to direct us. His plan is to guide us. His plan is to show us what the next steps are for. And as we step into trusting him, we're going to find those places to go. And so if that's you, the word is a lamp for your feet and a light onto your path. If you're wondering what your response should be to a person who's persecuting you or being mean to you or judging you or bullying you, we have kids that talk about bullying a lot. Do you know what? God is going to be that path for you. He's going to show you a light. He's going to say, this is the way, walk in it. In John 16, 12, it says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. God sent Holy Spirit to make things known to us. Mm -hmm. We can rest in that fact that he desires to guide us. He desires to lead us into all truth. He desires to give you direction. And so fear not. Do you know that fear not is the most spoken command in the Bible? Mm -hmm. There are 365 fear nots in the word of God. One for every day. It's a powerful thing to think about today is, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, because God has a plan for your life. When my husband and I are desiring to find direction in our personal life, from the smallest of things to the greatest of things, we spend time seeking him. But my first thing is always, thank you, God. I know you never disappoint. You're going to show us. You're going to guide us. You're going to teach us of your ways. Two weeks ago, our Brazil team was, you prayed over them. We were releasing them to go to Brazil. And we had all our bags packed and all of our shots and everything going on. And um, the leadership of the church and myself, we kept praying. And that's when the virus scare kind of started hitting America and shutting things down. And as we were praying into it, by the end of the week, we felt like God was saying, We can't go. Like this is a no, we're not supposed to go. And by that Monday that they were to go, actually Brazil started shutting down. They were canceling events and this and that. And um, they actually grounded flights three days after we would have been there from international travel. And so in it, we sat there, we were so disappointed, disheartened, (laughs) discouraged, all of those real things, like we were normal. But in it, we were so thankful that God started to speak a few days before, and just said, you're not supposed to go, like, this is a no. And so it began to prepare our hearts, like, we're not supposed to do this. God is telling us a no, and we obey him rather than man. And in that, it was super important to us to just rest in. This is part of his plan. We are highly disappointed, but it's part of his plan. You know, in Chronicles 1 and 2, it says, seek him, and he will be found by you. It's true, that when we seek God, he... We find him. So my second point is God's word gives us faith. His word stirs faith within us. It is the substance. In Romans ten seventeen, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and by hearing it comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's where our faith comes from. It comes from the word of God. When we encounter God in the Bible, our faith is released in our lives. When we encounter the stories and see how God moved and the testimonies of what took place, faith is stirred in our lives. When we are in situations that we don't have answers for and we read in the Word of God and we see how He is giving us answers and and directions, your faith is encouraged. It's stirred. When we believe who He is, that Jesus is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, that He's our Savior, that He's our Redeemer, that he is the one who has all power and all authority. It shifts how we believe. We begin to see in the perspective of he has all authority. Our faith is stirred. When we see who we are in Christ as we study the word, that I am more than a conqueror, that I have been redeemed, I am forgiven, I am free, I am loved, I am an overcomer, I am fearless, I am a child of God. As we read those truths in the word, our faith is stirred, and we begin to believe who we really are. When we study his word, he wants to show us how to live. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So our flesh is dead. We've been crucified with Christ we no longer live in the old man. We live in him. We live to love God and to love others. As we've made our relationship with him and we made that choice to serve him, that's the place of faith that we live out of is that we're his and he's ours. Carrie Judd Montgomery, she is a famous healing evangelist in the turn of the century. And she operated in the gifts of healing, but she was an incredible evangelist. She and her husband, they gave their lives to the word of God and to the gospel. And she said, this is one of her most famous quotes that you will hear. You get faith by studying the word. Study the word until something in you knows that it knows and that you do that and that's where your hope will come from. So if you go to that place where you know that you know that you know, that you don't just hope that you know, but you know That's where your faith is going to come from. Mm -hmm. So when we are in trials and situations that we're struggling in and we find those truths in his word, what do we do with it? We have to eat it. We have to like absorb the word and say, I know that I know this is the truth. My situation I'm seeing or what I'm hearing, the lies and accusations aren't truth. I need to come to the point that I know that I know this word is true and that faith in me is going to rise. So God's word transforms you and others around you and those in the world. That's what God's word is going to do. When you start being transformed, those around you will be transformed because it leaks out of you. And then the world is transformed. As we begin to step in and believe everything and all the truths that he has, we're going to be generous like our father, not just with our finances, but with our time and our energy. We're going to step into the knowledge of who he is, and that love will grow in us and increase in us for others. We will be transformed from the inside out. Right now, as we're focused on the things that we are in the difficult times, we need to hear the truth of God's word. If someone is ill in your family, I just started thinking of different scriptures that to hold on to. In seasons in my life, when I need to hold on to the word and make it to the I know that I know, because I want you to know there's, certain situations that I've never walked in that I'll step into and I'll think I don't even know how to navigate this because it's so difficult and so hard. I go to the word and I start finding those scriptures and those truths so I can know that I know what God says about it. And I put them on sticky notes. I have them all over my house. I'll put them on cards by my nightstand. So if you wake up at night and are worried, you can grab those promises and say, no, this is the truth. What I'm feeling right in this moment is not the truth. And then you put it and you just begin to read and declare the word of God over your life. And what, at, as it goes and as you read it, as you declare it, it starts to become a part of you. And it changes your perspective. So if you have someone ill in your home, you need to go after healing verses. Mark 16 says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not maybe, not maybe hopefully, or maybe they will recover. It says they shall recover. In Isaiah 53 Five, it talks about the atonement of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross. He died for our sins and for salvation, that we'd have eternity with him, but he also died for all of our sicknesses and diseases. In Isaiah 53, 5 it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. In Peter it's repeated and it says that already have been healed. It's already done, we're healed. If you have family members who do not know Christ as their personal savior, find those verses to hold on to. If you have friends that you've been contending for, find those verses to hold on to. In Joshua 24, it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some of you count slackness, but he is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He desires for all of our friends and family to spend eternity with him and with us. If you're that person that's in transition and trying to find the will of God for your life, trust Jeremiah 29, 11. He knows he has plans for you. They're to prosper you, not harm you, to give you hope and a future. In Luke 30, it says, you will hear my voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it. If you're in that place and you need to hold on to those promises in this transition time in your life, trust his word. If you have fear or anxiety right now, meditate on Psalm 91. We talked about it a couple weeks ago at church. This week I asked the worship team what verses they were holding on to in this time of uncertainty. And I wanted them to share from the word of God what their verses are. I know if you have your journal and your Bible, write them down. These might be hope verses for you to let that stir in you, to bring the faith to come alive that fear is not your story, but Jesus is your story. So let's start with Melanie. Um, my verse is Psalm 118, 14. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me the victory. Amen. That's a good one. Mine, well, all of Psalm 16, but the one that I repeat to myself a lot is um, Psalm 16:6. 6, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Amen. That's good. And mine is in Matthew. It's in chapter 6. It's kind of a big group of verses where it's talking about Jesus provides for even the grass, the plants, the flowers. And in the end, it goes... Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's good. One more is Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guard your hearts, guard your minds in this season, in Christ Jesus. The peace of God should transcend it. It should be, our understanding should be the peace in that place in God where we have rest. Find those verses for you this week that you need to meditate on, that you are challenged in. God wants to transform each one of us. He wants us to grow deeper in our love for Him and our knowledge of His Word. That's where relationship with Him comes from. After we have church today, I want you to call a friend and share with them a verse that is your promise that you're holding on to. And then I want you to pray for each other on the phone. Since we don't get to have this contact easily where we're not around very many humans right now in our lives it's so important to stay connected and stay connected with others who are going to stir you up in the things of god who iron sharpens iron pastor chris talked about family last week we are family this is the body of christ and i got phone calls after his message i was so encouraged and i want to say do that for others today call them encourage them so I want us to close in prayer. And we're going to pray over our city and over this region. I want us to pray for anyone who might be sick. We truly believe that God heals the sick. And if you are have sick or pain in your body and you want prayer, we have a connection for you on our description. And there's an email, it's prayer at burningheartsvargo.com. And you can email us and people will be responding. And actually, we do pray over these things. We spend time as a staff, we send them to our intercessors, and we pray for you. And I want to share a little testimony of someone being healed. We don't necessarily have to be there. It says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We have testimonies at church where no one's laying hands on them and God is healing them. I remember one, a guy came to one of our services after playing soccer and his friend had gotten injured in soccer and there was a word of knowledge which is just a word about what God wants to do in a service about a knee being injured and no one in the room had a bad knee at that time and he goes my friend got injured in soccer just before I came here can I text him And so he texted him, and as he was texting him, he's like, our church is going to pray for you because we got a word of knowledge. The guy goes, I don't know if I even believe in this. He goes, that's okay. We're going to pray for you. And so we started to pray, and the guy starts texting, and he goes, it's really hot. It's so hot. What do I do? What do I do? I'm freaking out. It's hot. It's hot. And the guy texts back, that's a good thing. Hot is good. It probably means God is healing. And then he texts back. He goes, it doesn't hurt anymore. It's fully healed. You know what? You can, God works through text messages. He works through your phone calls, through your Zoom calls, whatever it is, how you're connecting to people today. But just reach out. I just encourage you to reach out and pray. And if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, as we've talked about this today, and you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you desire that and you have never experienced that, email us. And we will connect you. But I want to pray over you in particular right now. I want us to just go into prayer and you can repeat with us the prayer of salvation. It's that easy. He says, you know, anyone who believes on the name of Jesus shall be saved. In Romans ten nine, it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All you have to do is believe in him and you're saved. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this service. I thank you how you are moving in our homes. This is how Burning Heart started, in homes. And so, God, I thank you, bringing us back to our roots. And you are meeting us in mighty ways with our families, with our friends in our homes as we worship you. God, as we have just said, if anyone here who doesn't know you desires to meet you for the first time, God, we just pray with them right now. And just repeat after me. Father, just forgive me for living for myself and for any sin in my life. And I just invite you, Jesus, into my life to be that Lord and Savior. I believe that you are real and that you are for me. And if anyone calls in my name, they will be saved. So, Jesus, I invite you into my life. God, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for both sides of the cross that you gave us salvation and healing. And Lord, if there's anyone sick among us right now that's listening, God, I ask that you touch and heal them. We ask that you just move in might in our homes. Holy Spirit, you don't need us laying hands on the sick because you're so much bigger than that. Your desire is Jesus died and rose for our sicknesses and diseases. And so God, I ask that all sickness and disease would leave our homes in Jesus' name. Anyone who's hurting and has pain, we ask it to go in the name of Jesus. Those infirmities go in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we invite you into our homes, into our lives. Jesus, we say, come into every space of our life right now. We just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the testimonies that we will hear of how God moved and how people were saved. Thank you, God. I want us to just take two minutes here and I'm going to have the worship team pray with us. But we really want to pray over our city. We want to silence fear. We want to silence sickness from our city right now. I believe God is putting a protection on his people and he's putting a protection on cities. And we want this virus to stop. And every city that's being hit right now, we want it to stop dead in its tracks. And we know that Jesus has all the solutions. He can give us the medical team, solutions that we need and the cures for the diseases that we need and the protections that we need. So let's just pray into those things right now. So just join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, right now, we just ask for solutions. We ask that you download cures for this virus. We ask that you download... um, whatever is needed to stop this in its tracks. I pray, God, in the cities that are hit so hard that you would place a protection over them, that it would stop right now. We pray over our city and our region a protection over it. God, we pray over all the healthcare workers and all the city people who are working so hard to keep food and the needs going in cities. God, we pray strength on them. We pray a protection over them that the viruses would not come near them. God, we pray over the families and the households in these cities that you place hedges of protection around them. And, God, we pray it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord Almighty, that by your spirit you move in our cities, in this nation, in the world, God. We ask for a heart of revival for it to meet the needs of people, but we ask that you supernaturally come in and step in and stop things. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, I ask that this week you make us aware of people who may need us to call them, to bring them something, that our hearts would be so attuned to what the need is in our city and our region and what's around us. God, we just thank you. We thank you that you are moving. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.